0: Our Father, we're so thankful that uh, you have given us your messenger, um, Ellen White, to tell us about what's coming down the pipe here for these last days. We're thankful for your Bible, it also tells us. And we're so thankful that you have raised up Jay Peterson to help us with these last days, some of these wilderness survival in these last days. And we ask you that you will bless him this entire week and during this meeting right now as we start things off. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Okay. Okay, I already told you my name's Jay Peterson tomorrow we'll get into more of my credentials um, today I want to I want to do something special that I de- haven't done the other two days the other two times I was here and uh, I go to a lot of churches and do these seminars been doing that for several years um, even different states and one of the things that uh, that I run into is that amongst God's people, there's a fear of what's coming. Anybody here willing to admit that, you know, they have some level of fear about what's gonna happen? Yeah, and I know a lot of you probably don't wanna raise your hand. And, uh, but that's the truth, I find it everywhere. Lord has given me a wonderful job to do. <clears throat> the thing that he has given me to do is I get to help squash that fear. Okay, that's what we're going to work on this week. I get to do it two ways. One is, and uh, that's what we're going to work on today, is that uh, I get to, I get to turn your fearfulness to the Lord. Okay. That's what we're going to try and do today. So let the Holy Spirit talk to you. Okay, the second thing I get to do is I get to give you techniques on how to live out there in the wilderness in the end times. And a lot of people, um, you know, we're so used to Walmart and Meyer and places like that that <clears throat> we've lost a lot of the skills that the Indians used to have. And that's what I've been interested in for 30 years now. And so that's what I get to teach. And so I will end up doing that. You know, I've been reading through my Bible. I uh, just was finishing up the Gospels. And I remember the Gospels talking about a man that was blind alongside the road. And Jesus was coming along. And he found out that it was Jesus and he calls out, you know, to the point to where he was even making a spectacle and, you know, they were trying to shut him up. And Jesus says, finally, bring him to me. When he gets to Jesus, Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? The man replies, Lord, I would like my eyes to be open. Lord, I would like my eyes to be open. All of us sitting here this morning have a certain amount of our eyes that are closed. And that is my prayer today, that our eyes will be opened and we will learn what God wants us to know for this time that's coming. So let's bow our heads for another prayer. Dear Father, thank you that you've told us what's going to happen. Lord, we ask you to handle our fear about it. Also, Lord, this week, teach us how to live out there when, uh, when we have nothing in our hands. So be with us this morning and help us, This we pray in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> okay, there's a lot of fear. Couple different reasons. Um, one is that we already know that Jesus has told us, Daniel has told us, that there's going to be a time of trouble. This time of trouble, Jesus said, is going to be worse than any other time of trouble. And it's going to be worse than any other time of trouble will be. A lot of people hear that and they shudder. Okay? You know, our, uh, our local police forces are going to be in on it. We know that God's people are going to be on the brunt of that. Our military is going to be in on it. And so, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be going on. And uh, basically... We, <clears throat> I have a, a session that I do down in Lawrence, and I work with a guy there, and we have a, a person that's in the Green Beret, and uh, <clears throat> he told us that currently, right now, our military and our police forces, they have the ability to shut a whole city down in 10 minutes. Nobody in, nobody out. Um, I've had people ask, you know, well, are you going to teach us how to hide? And I told them no. Our military has the ability to see you even in this building if they're outside. Okay, our military has satellites up there, and these satellites can see from several hundred miles up they can read a postage stamp in the middle of the road through the clouds. Okay. Um, if God does not do something with their equipment, you are not going to hide from them. It's not going to happen. <clears throat> so <clears throat> that doesn't—that isn't one of the things that I teach. Okay. Although I know how to do it, I have their manuals. And I've seen what they teach. But that is not God's idea. I'm going to use some stories today. Okay, you're probably going to be familiar with these stories. You may not have thought about them in the way that we're going to use them. Okay, but uh, there was a There was a time when the king of Assyria, and uh, he had built up an army. And this army was the best army in the whole world at the time. He had conquered all the other armies, and he had even conquered a lot of Israel. Okay, this was a time when Israel had, uh, had taken part of Israel and they had split, and part of them had taken their eyes off God and they've lost his protection and his guidance, and, and this, this army was able to overtake them. The king of Assyria, he decides that he's got his eyes set on Jerusalem. King Hezekiah was there at the time, and so he marches his, his general over there with his army, and his general gets to the wall, and he starts talking bad about God, and how you guys, you can't trust your Lord because He's not going to save you. You can't trust in Egypt. He's not going to save. They're not going to save you. And uh, He was talking about how God did not save the other ones of Israel. Now, <clears throat> one of the things that I've seen in scriptures, if you if you uh, challenge God, that's when He does big things. Okay. And so this general is talking to the Israelites in their tongue, and uh, the representatives that King Hazekiah had sent out had told these guys, don't talk in that, talk in Aramaic, because then these guys won't understand. And the general says, no, I want them to hear this too. And he keeps on talking bad about God. Well, the three representatives that King Hezekiah had sent out come back to Hezekiah and they tell him what what this general is planning on doing. And so Hezekiah writes a letter and he sends this letter over to prophet Isaiah. And the prophet Isaiah gets this letter and he takes it in and, and he starts praying over it. At the same time, Asikai is over at the temple, and he's praying. Because this army that is out there is the best army in the world. And he knew that for them to go against that army, that that was impossible for them to win. So <clears throat> Isaiah goes to God, and he gets an answer from God. And he sends the answer back. And uh, Hezekiah gets that, and he takes that back to the temple, and he lays it down, and he starts reading it. And Isaiah had said that God has said, okay, God has said that this army will not invade Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, God is going to put a ring in their nose, and he's going to lead them back to where they came from, okay, because they were talking smack against God. that night, God sends one angel into that camp. One angel. And that one angel, in the middle of the night, destroyed 185,000 of those soldiers. One angel. Now, we have a story of Egypt, and an angel went into Egypt. And uh, the the thing we hear there that when people were realizing what went on that you could hear the crying from inside the houses. This one seems like when you read it that this was actually more like a hand-to-hand thing that this angel was doing with this army because it talks about the king coming out in the morning and when he come outside he saw all of the corpses out there. And so one angel, 185,000 of the very best trained soldiers of that time. No one else could overdo them, even with another army. And one angel was able to do that. Another story I want to tell. King of Syria. King of Syria decided that he wanted to overtake the king of Israel. And so he was laying plans and then he was trying to set these traps. And the traps that he would set every time Israel averted it. So it didn't take too many times and the king of Syria realizes I've got a traitor in my group. And so he pulls his group together And he sets them up and he says, okay, every time I try to do something, the king of Israel knows what I'm doing. I wanna know which one of you are telling him what we're gonna do. Well, they realize that there's major trouble for them. And so right away they say, well, it's not us that's telling the king of Israel what you're gonna do. It's the king. It's uh, the prophet Joshua. Or, uh, yeah. And uh, so then, uh, so then the king says, "Oh, as a matter of fact, they tell him that not only is he telling you your the things that you're planning, but he's even telling the king the things that you're talking about in your bedroom. Okay, in your bedroom." And so, and so the king says, okay, well, where is he? Where is he? And they said, oh, well, he's in Dothan. Okay, he's in Dothan. All right, king says, I'm gonna pull together an army, and I want you to go to Dothan, and I want you to capture him and bring him back here. Okay, so the army goes, They end up getting to Dothan in the middle of the night. They surround the city, surround the city. And in the morning, the servant gets up, goes outside and he sees this massive army all the way around the city. And he knows that they're there for the prophet. So he goes into the prophet and he says, what are we going to do? He was afraid, wasn't he? What are we going to do? They're there, and I know that they're there for you. <clears throat> the prophet, it's awesome. I don't know if you guys have a sticky notepad. If not, go home and get one. Okay? The prophet looks at the servant, and he said, our side is outnumbers their side. Our side outnumbers their side. And then he prays that the servant's eyes will be opened. And the servant walks outside, and he sees that army is still there. But then all the way around that army is another army of angels in fiery chariots. Okay? our side outnumbers their side. Get a sticky note, write that on top, our side outnumbers their side, and then underneath that put a one and a slash and 185,000, and then stick that on your dash of your car. Make another one, put it on your refrigerator. Make another one, put it on your dresser. Put it on a doorknob by the whatever door you're using. Put those out everywhere and hang on to those. Our side outnumbers their side. And just one of our side was able to outdo 185,000 of the very best trained soldiers at that time and equipped. Awesome, huh? You know, uh, there's going to be a lot of danger in this time coming. And uh, I already mentioned how some have asked, well, you know, are you going to teach us how to hide? Are you going to teach us how to evade? And I tell them, no. The Israelites, they were out and uh, wandering in the wilderness. And as they were wandering at one point, they finally lost sight of the Lord. And they started grumbling. And snakes started biting. Now, the Israelites, we don't know exactly their numbers, but we know they were somewhere around a million and a half to two million strong. How many... uh, Snake bites does it take to get a group of a million and a half excited and run to Moses wanting help? How many does it take? You know, I often ask this question. And then my wife and I, we were reading, I think it was Patriarch's Prophets, and she tells us that almost every tent had somebody that was bitten by a snake. Okay. So they go to Moses, 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 you got to do something. We're, we're in trouble here. That was enough to get everybody's attention. And uh, God had an answer, didn't he? He did have an answer, didn't he? Okay. What I want to look at first is what the answer was not. First of all, God's answer was, I want you to take and make an image to that snake. I want you to put it on a pole, and I want you to lift it up. Now, who's that a symbol of? Jesus. He said, If I be lifted up, just like that snake. Okay? So, first of all, I want to look at what God's answer was not. Okay? God's answer was not to teach the Israelites how to handle poisonous snakes. That was not his answer, was it? Okay? It was not to teach them how to handle the danger. God's answer was not to teach the Israelites how to make an antidote for the poison. That was not his answer either, was it? His answer was that if you were bitten, what were you to do? You were to look. And if you looked, what would happen? You would live. Write that on a sticky note, too. If I look, I will live. There was a group of guys that was in a boat. Some of these guys were fishermen. These fishermen had been in storms before. And this time a storm brewed up. They knew exactly what to do in a storm, didn't they? So they started doing what they do in a storm. Okay, and uh, I've done some fishing, but uh, I haven't been in a storm. And I haven't done it for a living. And so these guys, some of these guys have done this for a living. They've been in storms before. And uh, except that this storm, this storm was different. Are we headed for a storm? Okay, this storm was different. This one was more than any other storm they had been in. The storm we're headed for, is that going to be more than any other storm has been? Okay. These guys, they do what they do. And, uh, and still it wasn't enough, was it? You know, I talk about, uh, being on a boat or a ship and, uh, getting in a storm and, and, uh, You look around at the other passengers, and if the other passengers get a worried look on their face, well, well, that's one thing, you know. But if you start looking at the crew, and the crew starts getting a worried look on their face, then that's something else, isn't it? This crew, doing everything they could do, and all the stuff that's going on around them, And they were not able to handle all that stuff, were they? They finally get to the point, when you read this in the book of Mark, Mark tells us that that boat was already full of water. And they're afraid. And so they wake Jesus up. And when they wake him up, Lord, Lord, don't you care we're gonna perish? Jesus gets up. Now could Jesus see the storm? He could see the storm. Could he see that the boat was already full of water? Could he see the fear on their faces? Yes, he could. And yet when he stands up and he wakes up and he stands up and he looks at them, and he asks the question, Why are you afraid? Now, Jesus didn't ask that question so that he could get an answer or a list from them as to the stuff that was going on around them that their own abilities were not able to handle. That's not why he asked the question. He asked the question so that he could get their eyes off themselves and their own inabilities to handle that stuff that was going on around them and turn their eyes to him. And when they did that, then Jesus turned and handled the stuff that they couldn't handle. We are headed into a storm. Jesus told us it's gonna be a bad one. And the stuff that's gonna happen, we are not gonna be able to handle on our own. It's not gonna happen. What Jesus wants us to do is to look. And if we look, what happens? We live. Okay? That's what he wants us to do. He doesn't want me up here teaching you how to evade, how to hide, how to do all that. For one thing, I already know that you can't hide. You know, if our military, what they're going to be in on this. You know, you can't. You know, you're not going to. Unless God messes with that equipment, you're not going to hide. Okay. What he wants us to do is look to him. And then he will turn around and handle that stuff. Okay. Remember that. Put another sticky note. Look, Jesus will handle the stuff. Okay. That's what he wants us to do. You know, uh, <clears throat> if we will follow what he is telling us to do, you know, we, we probably can't even describe what's going to go on. Okay, we can't even describe it. But, you know, you can read a lot of things in all white. She's told us, Jesus told us a lot that's going to happen. And, uh, But the thing of it is, is he is able and he is willing to take care of his people, okay? He wants his people to look to him and he will get them through it. You know, yeah, there's stuff that's going to go on, but you know, we keep looking to him. You know, he's talking about a wilderness and he wants his people to go to the wilderness. And uh, this week, we're going to be talking about how we can stay out there and still exist. And uh, when his people are out there in the wilderness and things are getting really bad, keep looking to him. And keep looking to him. And keep looking to him because he's going to handle it. She talks about little bands that are moving toward the wilderness. And she talks about some of these groups that are out to get those little bands. And some of them wanna jump the gun. And she talks about how the weapons fall apart in their hands. Okay, she talks about other little bands that are moving out to the wilderness. And they're the other bands of bad people. And they walk right past them and even right through them. And they didn't even see them. Okay, that's God taking care of the stuff that is going around outside of his people that they can't handle. Okay? Keep your eyes looking to him. And keep your eyes looking to him. And pretty soon, all of a sudden, we're going to see this little black cloud off in the east. You guys know what I'm talking about? That little black cloud gets closer and closer, and it turns bright white and glorious white. And God's people recognize that. Let's see, that's the door, that's east that way. Okay, they recognize that. You know, our Bible tells us at that point, lift your eyes up because your redemption draweth nigh. They recognize that cloud, and they see it coming, and it gets more glorious, and they say, Lord, this is people, this is our God right there, and he is coming, and he will save us. Thessalonians tells us there's going to be a shout, and when that shout happens, all of a sudden God's angels take off, and they go grab his people, and they take his people, and they catch them up, and the dead in Christ rise, too, and they're caught up, and all of us are taken to meet the Lord in the air. Keep your eyes turned to him. He will handle the stuff. Let's pray. Dear Father, I want to thank you for your protection. I want to thank you for your love for your people. I want to thank you for the opportunity that we can learn some things that will help us through this. And we thank you that that cloud is coming. And our Lord is sitting on that throne as he comes. Be with us. Help us to remember that. Help us to write our sticky notes and stick them all over the place. Remind us, Lord. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I want a few announcements. Uh, Today... I'm trying my best to give you some things so that you will turn your eyes to him and look to him and he will handle that danger. The rest of the week, there's a lot of people that don't know how to live in the wilderness anymore. Okay, A lot of people that don't know how. And uh, I've actually been studying these things for 30 years. And so, I get to share these things that I've learned and how to live out there in the wilderness and uh, in the end times, you know. I talked about how she talks about these bands and some of these bands that are moving out into the wilderness will end up meeting up with bigger bands that are already out there. You know, I've told the Lord before, you know, I'd like to live through and I wouldn't mind being out there helping these bands. So during the rest of this week, we're gonna we're gonna look into some things. Now, I can't uh, I can't go over everything, and so there are five areas that are basic, and uh, we're gonna cover those five areas. Okay, we got now whenever whenever somebody starts thinking about the time of trouble, and they have to exist. What is the first? Thing that comes across your mind, water. Most of the time, I hear everybody food. You know, okay. So we're going to cover shelter. There's a lot of things that you're going to run into that you're going to need. Okay, you're going to need a shelter. Okay, that's one of the things we'll cover that tomorrow. And actually, we're here at two o'clock tomorrow to three fifteen. Um, another thing you're going to need is water, and uh, I heard many talk about water. And we're going to go over water. You know, if we uh, find water, well, first of all, how do we find it? Okay, and then if we do find it, um, well, is it safe? And if it's not safe, well, how do we make it safe? Okay, we'll be talking about that. I'll uh, see. I'll be Tuesday. Then, uh, then we're gonna be talking about, I'm not sure if to see what order I put those in, but another thing you're gonna want is you're gonna want some fire at some point, you know? And uh, so, but if you're out there and you don't have anything, then how do you start a fire if you don't have a match or a, or a BIC? That's one of the ways. Okay, we're gonna talk about several areas that or have different kinds of fires in each area. Uh, We're not going to be able to talk about all of them because we only had an hour and 15 minutes here. Normally that one takes me a little over two hours to cover that. But uh, what I'm going to do is we'll have a table. We're going to set it up outside. So I'll quickly run through things here, and then we'll take some show and tell out there. And so, because we'll have another class coming in here right after. And so then we'll have some time where you can look over some show and tell if you want out there and ask questions. We'll do that kind of thing out there. And uh, so, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people want to see the fire stuff and we'll have some stuff for water and uh, food. That's another thing that people talk about. Well, how are we are gonna eat, you know? What are we gonna eat? And so we're gonna have a day where we talk about that. And again, that one, that one we're going to have to sail through on the screen. Um, one of the things that I do have is I do have a DVD series, and uh, we'll have those available I'm not. I don't think we'll have them here tomorrow, but uh, anybody that's interested can, can get a DVD, even on a specific subject or the whole group. So food is another thing. Um, one of the things that nobody ever guesses, is cordage, string, rope, that type of thing. You know, when you get in a survival situation, there are things that you're gonna wanna bind together. And you only have two shoelaces, okay? And you can start tearing some of your shirt, but after a while, you're gonna wanna keep the rest of that. And uh, so one of the things that we're gonna cover is, well, how can you make cordage from the stuff that Mother Nature gives you out there. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.